Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, I sit down with actor Harvey Guillen. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Hey everybody and welcome back to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I'm your host Zach Miko and thank you very much for being here. We have a hell of a show for you today. I'm sitting down with actor, a actor, model, producer, all around maverick, Harvey Guillen. It's, we had a great conversation you guys are going to love him so much. But first off, happy Pride y'all. Um, for those of you who don't know, it is Pride Month. Uh, it's an amazing time where we... If you are in the LGBT community, you celebrate your life at every aspect of it. You celebrate the people who've come before you to fight for rights. And if you are just an ally like myself, you show up and show support and show love. And it's an amazing time, especially in New York City. It's an absolutely amazing place. Um, I was down at the duplex earlier and uh, had an amazing pride brunch today. With a lot of rainbow cakes and bagels, and it was—it's just so much fun. It, 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 I had a great time. Please, I advise all of my listeners to go out and show their support for the LGBTQ community, because they still need it. And everyone deserves to feel loved. Everyone deserves to feel safe. Everyone deserves to love who they want to love. Love is love, is love, is love. As I said before, we're talking to actor Harvey Guillen. He's one of my favorite of my brawn buddies. Uh, you guys would know him from things like uh, the C- series Huge. Uh, you would know him from the movie The Internship. You would know him. He's in a new uh, film, not film, he's in a new series coming out, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He was on The Magicians. He's You recognize him, trust me. Um Haters back off. There's so many things. My favorite thing is I was watching. Um, he's one of those guys that pops up everywhere you look. Uh, I was watching documentary now with um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, and all of a sudden there's Harvey again doing his amazing thing. He has an amazing story to tell. Um, is a man who's fought through a lot of hardships and does so much good in the community and so much good in Hollywood. And it was really inspiring to sit down and talk to him so i'm gonna stop blabbing about it and i'm gonna present to y'all ladies and gentlemen my interview with harvey Gee. ladies and gentlemen i am sitting here with actor producer Model, all around great man, Harvey Guillen. How you doing today, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you? I would either you come on down to New York for business and pleasure. Yeah, you have to do both. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't think, do one. I think just living in New York is also just business, business and pleasure yeah. at the same time. It's very you don't get to choose one. I used to other. live here actually. Did you? Yeah, I didn't know that. In Murray Hill. What? Yeah. Whereabouts? Um on thirty no, forty eighth. Forty eighth. 
for school or for no it was filming living? eye candy uh, oh yeah yeah TV and I uh, didn't know that filmed out here yeah so oh. that was the best time to film because it was like filming you're getting paid to work in LA and New York and you're living in New York so that's yeah. so cool yeah that's awesome well let's start at the very beginning okay uh where were you born and raised and all that fun stuff it all started on a winter no i was born in may <laughs> actually my birthday just passed uh oh happy birthday in, thank you you're welcome uh in uh orange county so but when i say that it sounds like the tv show like the, no the, the other side of the tracks like it was <laughs> like i came from a like, low-income immigrant family i like, feel yeah. the same I'm, i was born in connecticut and it's the same thing everyone's like oh like Ooh. you know gilmore girls and mansions and no. stuff and i'm like no like <laughs> gas stations without pumps at them and yeah like, <laughs> people think whenever you say especially if you're like in the industry like you're like i grew up in this and they're like oh that must be so nice because they assume that like you know automatically you had a great you know childhood and you know everything you ever wanted <laughs> exactly um, like no, I lived in an apartment. Everything yeah, is fine. Literally, <laughs> like my mom worked like three jobs. No, and, like, exactly. I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in Orange County, and uh, when I was six, I wanted to be an actor because I saw Annie. Annie. I know. I saw Annie on TV, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to be them. I want to be an orphan. Who'd you want to be in Annie? <laughs> was it Annie? I, no, I just wanted to be part of like I I don't I, didn't, I don't think I aspired to be Annie because yeah. it was like it seemed like a lot like on her shoulders. <laughs> she had a she had some hard she, times. She had her, her plea was full. Like, she had she, a hard knock. That life. emotional roller coaster. Yeah, like she was like <laughs> looking for her parents. She was committed to finding them, and you know, you as the audience knew they were dead. Like it was yeah. like this is not good. Like I don't want to know. Oh. No one wants to tell her the truth. Oh. I didn't want that. I wanted to play around with like mop, like mops and buckets and stuff. That's what yeah. I wanted to do. And I literally told my mom I wanted to be an orphan. And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "This like what?" <laughs> and I was like, "I want to be them. I would be an orphan." And she was like, "Um." I thought it was like probably sick in the head. I ended up uh, taking an acting class at a YMCA that I um, I paid for myself actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. How'd you manage that at six well, years old? Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> I asked uh, my mom. I said I wanted you know to take this acting class. She said, "No, no tenemos dinero. Like we have no money." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh well, can I raise the money and I do it?" I was like, if you can raise the money, you can do it. And I was like, "I will." And then I was like, "Oh crap, I can't." Can I say crap? <laughs> yeah, you can. You can say any Whatever. swear. Okay. You can say any swear that pops into your head. So don't worry. Okay, great. So I said, "Oh shit, <laughs> yeah. I can't raise my own money." And uh, so we were walking home from school and we saw this guy collecting cans out of a trash can. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is he doing? He's like, oh, he collects cans and gets money for them. He's like, you get paid for trash? And she goes like, yeah, but it's really disgusting. And I'm like, I'll do it. And I went into <laughs> her closet and got a wire hanger and hooked the top part, made into a long hook, and I collected cans for four weeks. That's awesome. That's that yeah. was me growing up. They had, um, I didn't have like an allowance or anything like that, but okay. my grandfather would like take me and my little sister to like, cash in cans like every yeah. couple weeks and that was our that was yeah our like that's your dough. Our, our candy and chip yeah was and that. i did that f- for years like i literally and I, it took me four weeks to get the money for the first class and after the first class, it was just improv like the ymca was doing like improv but like, still yeah, like yeah, horses no. and dogs and i was like this is so fun and after an hour and a half i realized oh no like it's over like my career's over <laughs> like i was like i paid four i worked four weeks to pay for one hour and a half class yeah and i was like it's done where i'm over with it and i was like wait so I realized that moment, I was like, if I really want to do this, I'm going to have to work for it. And yeah. I just remember thinking, no one's ever going to give you anything. You have to work for everything. That's a big old lesson to learn yeah. that young. Yeah. <laughs> but and it's true. And, it, yeah. and, it's, and it's great that you learned that. Yeah. And I, and I just, I, I knew that I wanted to do it. And so there's, you know, as you know, like in the entertainment industry, there's like highs and lows. And so I look back and I'm like, it can never be as low as feeling that you can't achieve your dreams. 
Yeah. And so I look back and I'm like, no, when there's low times, it's going to be like, you know, really dark low times. But when there's high, there's really high. So keep going. I know. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I think there's something in us as creative people, like people who work in the creative fields, that there's never there's never really that respite of feeling like I'm a big success now. I'm done. There's right. always like, oh, shit, I got next thing to do and this to do. And it's like. I do. I envy people who like sit or who who get a job, who lounge, and just like yeah. do that job. But then you realize that they're week. doing nine to five, and then you're like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I, know. I don't know if I can do that. And so they have stability, yeah. which is great. And as an, a performer, an artist, an actor, you don't have that. You know, you yeah. have like the next gig. So everyone says you're so lucky. I've seen you like thirty million things this. You know, yeah, year. yeah. And it's like you didn't see the other forty-five million that I did. You know what I mean? Like, no, so it's yeah. like well, for everything you book, you don't see like the seventy-five things you didn't book. Totally. You know what I mean? And so people are always like, wow, it's so much, it must be so fun. It's like, no, because you're working on this and you're auditioning for the next thing. Yeah. And you're working for the next gig or you're going to, I know. See, you know, go sees or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're going the to the next thing. The worst thing, thing someone can tell you, um, like, I feel like the worst thing someone can tell an actor, like, say I'm in a play and I just did great and the play is great. And, you know, people are coming up afterwards and then they say, so what's next for you? And you're just like, oh, fuck. Why yeah. did you say that? I was, <laughs> I was just, doing so good. I was, doing, I was on such a high. <laughs> I felt so good about I was myself. Like, I just feel so good about everything. And now you just, that little question you just reminded me. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know what's next. Yeah. And that small talk. Like, oh, there's things, you know, down the pipeline. And you things. just start making stuff yeah. up. And you're like, yeah, I just yeah. went in for a couple things. Yeah. I'm just waiting to see yeah. what pans out. And you're like, I don't, I don't I think you can really talk about right now. I know. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Like, let's talk about that thing I just yeah. did. Did you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh. It's true, though. Everyone, uh, that's always a question you're on the carpet, and they ask you that. The, the cool thing is if you do have something coming up, it's like, oh, I'm so excited. But then it's yeah. when you're like, ooh, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. You know, it's like you're so pumped about this last project. Yeah. It t- probably took a while to make. I mean, most films, you know, it's like a year out or two years. No, I've totally. projects that are coming out, like, later you know this month on dvd you know yeah. that i did like in canada like two years ago yeah and i had totally forgotten about it like i was like you know and then Lionsgate's like we're gonna release it on dvd and it's like oh you're gonna release it now like I it's know. like cool that's awesome the thing i don't remember doing yeah. basically yeah exactly. i filmed the i did a film like over three years ago at this point that they started to like get back into like oh we're talking to distributors and whatnot and i'm like oh, oh cool i forgot that yeah. that was and people forget that there's a lot that goes behind oh you know God. like yeah. making something come to flourishing like it's a lot of work like it's being a producer now like in the last two years it's just like it's so like hard because you have yeah. to find distribution you have to make sure that the edits it's like perfect you have to pay for the editing you have to yeah. pay for the ADR, you know, or the sound and whatnot. And if it's not perfect, you don't want to release it. No. So when a movie does get released, it's like, we did it. It's like an accomplishment. And you never, no one ever sees like the hard work that goes behind, you know, the scene. So there's so much work for this little, yeah, (laughs) for like just what the hour and a half they see. Yeah. And then for most of the films that people do out of passion, like indie films, they do because literally it's their passion. It's what the story they want to tell. And so it's not a big budget, you know, studio film. And yeah. that's what's hard because a big budget studio film be like, yeah, we'll throw 50 million at it, you know, get it made and it'll be done and we'll have it out by Christmas, you know, and it's I so know. easy. Yeah. But it's like a small project that's a lot of the times is a great script, but nobody, you know, wants to exactly. make no it mainstream the money because it. it's such uh, a tender and endearing story and whatnot. People are like, no, we want a big, you know, blockbuster where things blow up and, I know. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's, we're, we're leaving you at the Y. Um, I mean, you didn't get left there. I'm sure someone picked you up, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the rain, <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> um, but so 
you know, you just so had then, that one improv class, yeah, but so, then what happens? So how then did I continued you to yeah. collect cans. I literally did that until I was probably nine. Okay. So I did it for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to invest in that. Um, until I got a job selling chocolates door to door with California. I don't want to say their name because it's such a horrible organization. It was a, a, a guy who lied and put these posters around low income neighborhoods that says, want to work? And you're the ages between 12 and six or 12 and 15. Cause those are the, you know, ages is it one of the guys that's like, that has to be like, Hey, I'm trying to help my basketball team. Is yep. that one of those situations? Yep. I'm exactly that. And then I would get a script and you have to memorize it. Be like, hi, I'm Harvey. And I'm a California. I'm not even going to say the name. I don't want to give him. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm with no, no, blank no. blank. And you know, and I have, I'm two boxes away from earning my blah, 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 blah. And like whole spiel. And I'm, I lied Jeez. also cause you're supposed to be 12. And I literally like got the balls to call and I was like, hello. Yes, I am 12. I was nine. Yeah. And I was, you know, I've always been a bigger guy. So they were like, yeah, you look like okay. <laughs> 12. And I was like, no, I yes, that's great to hear. And I was just like, sure, okay. And then I got hired. I had to ask my mom's permission. My mom didn't know who this guy was. So which looking back, thank God my mom was like, I want to meet this guy. And the guy came up and did a whole spiel and I believed it. Even though by then I already like kind of like met him and knew he was like a, you know, sleazebag. Like he was like, no, no, Senora, we're going to take care of him, blah, blah. And she's like, okay. And what he do, he gives a box of like full of chocolates or candies that he buy at the 99 cent store for like yeah. 99 cents. And we sell them for $5. And he get, he give us $1.25 and he, he keep the rest. So like, we oh, you're only making a quarter, basically. Yeah, and he knew you get away with it. And we're like, you get one twenty five. He's like, well, I gotta pay for these chocolates. And we're like, but those chocolates cost nine. I gotta pay for these chocolates, you know. Jeez. And he made you feel like the chocolates cost four dollars or something. And I was I like, know. I'm losing money here. You know, I'm doing this for you guys. You know, it's like that's the feel and that it's it has. Like, no, you're not. You're, no, you found a way Scumbag. to exploit child most, labor laws. Yeah, yeah, and most of the kids who work for him didn't know the secret because I knew that like he's like, I gotta go shopping. One time he asked me to go shopping with him, and I went, and he just bought the ninety nine cent store, and I was just like. But he knew that I was like really loyal and like, you know what I mean? Like he was like, oh, yeah. it was so like scummy of him. Jeez. But um, I was a good seller. Like on Saturdays, I would sell 50 boxes. Like, you know, Jeez. that's good money for me. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So Even- I go home, I'm nine years old and I have this wad of cash. And my mom was like, hey, she's staying. Like, where did you get that money? And I was like, oh, I, I, I worked for it. She's like, no, mentiroso, like liar. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not lying. And she took the money away. She thought I stole it. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I oh, earned no. my money. And I had to like prove it to her. Like she kept the first like batch of money but i had to prove it to her every time i come home like look i earned this money yeah and she's like how are you making so much money and that was kind of looking back not a good idea because then she saw oh you're bringing income into the house so i had to start paying rent to live in the house at what age that was around 9 10 10 years old oh my god yeah oh that's that's tough yeah like, cause i was like okay and it wasn't like i'm paying like half of the rent it was like you have to help out you know what i mean like yeah. i was paying like 200 or something which is still a lot of money no i mean that's a lot it, of money it's way more money yeah. than i ever had at nine years yeah old. so i'm paying like 200 dollars, giving her 200 dollars, like you know for rent and whatnot and uh, but i'm making good money so i feel like i'm okay you know yeah. and i'm just getting to take classes so i'm super ecstatic so I'm you were still able to keep absolutely pursuing. yeah so it that wasn't was like, the goal okay. if, if i ever at one point didn't have enough money to take the class then i would just stop i'd be like no i can't do it yeah and so I, I continued to do it, started doing school plays, which kind of, you know, conflicted with my schedule with work, which is so a weird conversation to have because <laughs> then you're doing a school play and you're like in seventh grade and you're like, I can't have work. And they're like, you're in seventh well, grade. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you're 12, 13. What yeah. do you mean you so have I had work? to work the schedule where like I only rehearsed from like three to five, rush home and get picked up, like to go and work after work, like at six. And, and still and, selling candy. Yeah. And you would sell till late at night. And the way you would do it is they, he gives you a piece of chalk. And you would be dropped off in neighborhoods. And so the chalk would be used to put an arrow going into that street with your initial. And if you were in that street, you, obviously he would look at the arrow because he looked at the other um, side of the street and there was no arrow coming out. You were in that street. 
So you have to have an arrow in, an arrow coming out with your initials. And sometimes kids will lose their chalk. And we didn't have cell phones, so we'd be looking for kids at 11.30 at night. And like so that, we uh, go house like by house looking, like driving in a van, like a creepy van, driving just slowly. And like, Does anyone see him? Does anyone see him? There he is. And like we see him, and he's like, why didn't you initial? We've been looking for you for like an hour and a half. And it's like, I lost my chalk. Or like people would lose chalk. Rain would come and wash away the chalk. Oh, my God. Yeah. It would be this like, I know it's a movie. <laughs> I'm selling the rights. It's definitely a movie. Yeah. You should sell the rights yeah. to it. That's insane. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so there's all this uh, stuff that was happening, but I love it because it's like the foundation of you know where I came from. Well, and no, I, yeah. it, and it was able to get you. What what that guy was doing was super fucked up, but yeah, <laughs> but you were able to yeah, you know, get your money to do your classes. Yeah. You had an overall dream that yeah. you were following, and eventually I left him. I moved on to better and bigger and better things. Which by that I mean I worked at a swap meet. Hey, that's that is <laughs> yeah. just fine. <laughs> and I was a runner for this like uh, taco lady. So literally, I was like old enough to you know be the server really, and yeah. like running the tacos to like the little tables and whatnot that they had displayed. And I didn't work on commission or anything uh, or salary. She said I could keep the tips, but then after the first day, she's like, "We share the tips." Uh, and I was like, "See, so I'm working for free." And like it's like you know you're making half the tips. We we just share them here. And I was like, but you get paid to be here. You know, it was like I'm, this, like, uh, it was so, so much injustice happening. I was just like so upset, but you're a child and literally there's nothing you can do about it. Like literally I was like, well, who am I going to complain? You know, I know. social services. Oh <laughs> like it's like, God, man. so I was like, Jesus. And I was like, I have to, I need the money. So I would skate to the swap meet every Saturday. So that job turned out to be only once a week. So I really needed the money, you know, yeah. so I needed to be a successful Saturday. So then after a while, uh, um, I did that for like a couple of years. Then I was like 15, got a work permit and worked at Burger King. And I got there and I was like, I need to make more of the minimum wage. And they're like, well, the only position above regular employee is like shift leader. You know, you're being charged of your shift. I was like, I could do that. And they're like, mm, you're 15. You no, know? You're 15 yeah, years old. And I was <laughs> like, well, what do I got to do? And I'm so like uh, committed to something. I was just like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm yeah. stubborn. I'm a Taurus. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. It took me like a year to become shift leader. And by the time I was like 16, I was like a shift leader. And I was making a little bit of money, but then I got warm because I was like, they wanted me to work like full eight hours after school. And I was like, yeah. I can't do school plays. So I was like, I need another job. I need a job that pays the exact same amount at half the time. So then I found out that the local Payless um, in Montebello, near where I lived, was like the regional headquarters. And like uh -huh. they paid like double or trip. No, it was like double uh, minimum wage at the time. And I was like, I need to do that because I was like, how easy is that? I would go yeah. in and get the job. So I go in and I meet the manager and he's like, uh, yes, can I help? Like, can I work here? And he's like, um, no, these employees have been working for the company for 10 years. They transfer here. Like this is the top selling like store yeah. in Southern California. And I was like, so can I work here? And they're like, no, these people transfer. Like, he's like, what did you, <laughs> kid, what did, <laughs> what did you yeah. understand? And I was like, well, what about if I work a Saturday and if I don't sell more than all your experienced employees, you don't have to hire me and you don't have to pay me. And they were like, okay, well, it's your Saturday. The guy saw like something in me. He was like, yeah, okay, it's your Saturday. And I go and I do it and I sell more than all of them. Jeez. And I get hired on the spot. And I was like, never underestimate like a person who's hungry and wants to, yeah. to get the job. And I was like, let them give him the opportunity. Give me a chance, coach. And uh, I went in and I sold the most and uh, that was great because I, I, I only had to work like three hours a day to make the what I would make at Burger King in like five or six hours. So. Jeez. Yeah. Just so. a straight up hustler. I was, from, no, from I'm telling early, you, I'm a, I'm a fucking hustler. Like, I was it's like, say. Yeah. And, uh, and no shame. Like it's like uh, it, the way I look at it, it's like I look back and I had to I had to be a stereotype basically to yeah. like, survive. And um I, I had two choices. Like, I either let, you know, become a social stereotype or I hustle and get out of what it's yeah. expected of me to be, you know? 
because I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here talking to you today. But I mean, you know, but I you've, am. you've done incredible work <laughs> over the last couple. Like it's it's amazing, and it was like obviously I admired you and I admired your work and I loved watching you beforehand. I had no idea that oh, you yeah, were no just does. grinding this. I think out. you might be the first person to hear the story. This is good. I'm really very happy we're getting this down, so no one ever steals the story from you. Yeah, so exactly. just, you just go. Uh-uh, uh, I told this story. Remember, it's recorded, <laughs> it's recorded it's dated, and. Exactly. Everything. Nice try. Oh man. Yeah. Which is, they they can try, but it's uh, it's already in the works right now. We're already working on the project. Yo, you so. should be working <laughs> on it. This is awesome, man. Yeah. Oh. So we're man. up to that. So that was high school into college. So what plays did you start? Like, let's I go because you were yeah, still able to so, make it work, so you could do plays. Yeah. And I the first play I ever did um, was a school play, which was like in fifth grade, uh, and I, I they wanted me to play the human in this like uh, original play that we did. And there was a dog part. <laughs> I wanted to be the dog. And they're like, the dog has no lines, Harvey. And I was like, but the dog gets to run around? And they're like, yeah, but the dog has no lines. And I was like, I want to be the dog. I, mean, I think I just wanted to be a character actor, you know? Yeah. This is like, I think the dog has depth, you know? You don't <laughs> so, every actor I've ever talked to on this show tells a story about playing a dog at one point. Really? I don't know. I don't know how it's it stepping happens. Stone. It's just the way people do it. It's a stepping stone, I think. So I wanted to play the dog and then my teacher was reluctant. I was like, no, you, I think you'd be great. You have a personality, this and that. And I was like, I want to be the dog. And they gave me the dog. And sure enough, you know, after the play, people were like, oh my God, the dog was so fun. <laughs> and I was like, right? The dog was fun. I like saw that in it. And uh, after that, I did like school plays. I I did, you know, heavy stuff in junior high. We had a thing called, called um, it was called Operation Teddy, which was run okay. by Jane Wolf, and she uh, did a school play to inform kids about HIV. At, at, at in seventh grade, that's which was very kind of great, and but it was kind of heavy for seventh grade. And yeah, we were just talking no. about this, like this was heavy stuff, and I was like, I think I was just in the right place at the right time because I was forced to do something. I was, I played a hemophiliac in Jeez. seventh grade, and uh, and we had three different scenarios. One someone contracting HIV AIDS to um, through sex without uh, protection, somebody through a blood transfusion, which was uh-huh. me, I'm the hemophiliac and I needed a blood transfusion. And then uh, the third one was someone um, sharing something like a needle or something. Yeah. And it was heavy stuff for seventh grade. I remember just being like, do people do this? Like I felt so like my, my young little mind felt like, am I not up to like my age? Cause are people getting AIDS at some, like I didn't know yeah. that that was the world. So it totally scared me. Like I was like, what's happening? Like. So she was like, you know, we got to we got to inform people. But it's because she was so passionate. She had lost so many friends to the disease. And she thought that earlier is better to inform kids in which I actually looking back agree. I was like, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I feel like if we treated kids more like adults when it comes to heavy subjects, I understand people want to like protect them from it. Yeah. But that's the reason you have like so many like young teen pregnancies and whatnot is because they were never told what was happening. Yeah. Like they were never told that, you know, if it's not discussed, my mom sat me down every year from 12 until, I don't know, last year. (laughs) Give me like the sex talk every single year. You're married, right? Yeah. I've been married for four years. She's still like, so you know what happens, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get get the just, I figured it out. But, and it's like, but because of that, I always, I, I was never, I never felt like I was in danger of anything. I knew a lot more than the other kids just because my mom was just like, no, I'm making sure 
this is a thing you know about. Yeah. Because yeah, it's good for her. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. I like her. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. And then the, the part of it was we raised money to, um, Operation Teddy was we raised money to buy teddy bears because um, she had a lot of friends and people that she knew that they said the last thing people did when they were in their dying bed was no one came to visit them. And they didn't have anyone to hold. And so we raised money for bears and we Damn. delivered these bears to hospitals with pe- patients who were living, um, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, passing uh, with HIV and AIDS. Yeah. And um, they said a lot, a lot of the things they loved is that they had something to hold as they passed away. And they, it was, it was really sad. It was actually really, Jeez. I yeah. know, it was really heavy. And I was just thinking about that the other day and I was like, what a great thing that at seventh grade we were giving out, you know, thousands and thousands of teddy bears. That's really great. No. And I thought it was like, this is so great. And I was like, what an, what an unfortunate time to live that we have to give so many bears away you know yeah. and i was just like this is terrible and it's like so i'm hoping that the program is still going and that they don't have to give as many bears that's what i hope that for their own sake the, the program yeah. is actually starting to have less and less bears each year so. oh buddy yeah my seventh grade play was about kids <laughs> who put on a talent show to raise money to go to a baseball game <laughs> this is so as it should be. I feel like there, there are certain things that I look back and I'm Mine like, you know what? was so lame good in I comparison. <laughs> but I feel like as I look back, I wish I would have like a couple of things that I was like the norm, but I didn't. I just didn't. Like That was just not the yeah. part I was dealt. But it's okay, you know, because it's like I look back and I'm really thankful for Ms. Wolf. Like she was a big supporter of the theater and she was like, you know, you could do this and like, you know, supported me. And I never forget the people who helped me. Like in sixth grade, it was Miss Crouch, who was a choir director, and she yeah. was amazing. In seventh grade, it was Miss Wolf, who encouraged me to do it. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I can't, I always It's thought, so crazy about how, like, those names will always stick with you forever. Always. I can name, like, for All me, them. it was, like, Margie Sargent, um, Alda Fabio, like, people who were, the, like, the few people who looked at you when you were young. And yeah. And just like, you can do this. Exactly. Yeah. And they saw you for you. Because, you know, be, and also, let's not even talk about the fact that it's hard, you know, yeah. being a teenager. And I remember being, like, you know, like, plus size, you know, Latin, like, it's, like, all these things that you're already dealing with on top of yeah. everything else and to be dealing with the raising money for HIV, you know, patients, it's like, it was like a lot happening at once, but it's all these emotions that you're like, like get and just channel and be like, this is, this is life. And you either go more like dwell on it and become depressed about it, or this yeah. is life and you use it as your tool and you put it into your work. So it's kind of awesome. And I'm That's, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it, it takes a really special person to take those circumstances and, transform themselves into what you've become today so that's (laughs) that's so inspiring to me and so awesome um were you always a bigger guy always i was always the big guy i was always the big the big best friend yeah yeah, i i mean even going to hollywood like you get typecast into that you know and my goal has been to not play the same thing over and over i've gone into roles where the role was literally written for someone that's you know tall uh blonde and that's not me you know yeah and tall, slim, blonde, and I go in for roles sometimes that are not written for me. Yeah. And I, I request to go into those roles yeah, because yeah. I, I read the script. I'm like, why does it? Ha- it, is, it has nothing to do with the look here, you know. And it's just whatever the writer yeah. pulled out of what yeah. this character. Or the casting director yeah, has yeah. a vision, and they're like, I see this role is more like this. But if there's not if the script specifically, in, even if it does, like you know, change it a little bit, you know, think yeah. otherwise. But I've gone in for stuff that was not for me. Like for the internship, it, the role was literally the description was not me. 
Yeah. And I went in for a different role. That's a different role in the movie. And, you know, uh, Sean Levy was just directing, like, who directed the movie, was just laughing on the floor, like literally laughing, holding like his stomach. And I walked away and I said, that role's not for me, but if he liked it, like yeah. that's all I can do. My goal is always to obviously get the part, but my real goal is to win the room. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? And so I walk away from the room liking me. That's all you can ask for because out of that, it's out of your hands. And you also don't know what it connects to next time. They might just be like, oh, I mean, how many times have you known as an actor? So forget being written for you. I know there's a bunch of times I know I've gone in for auditions for roles that have already been cast. And they're yeah. still doing the casting yeah, just yeah. because they're like. Oh, we got a day left. Yeah. We gotta keep going. And you're like, why are you doing, you know? It's like, because they pay the casting director yeah. for this many days. Yeah, like, so come in. But you're right. Everything leads to something. Like, yeah. you don't know if you're not right for one thing. The casting's like, oh, I love that person. I just wanna, I'm going to use you in something. I want to find you. And when someone's on your team and they are rooting for you, totally. th- that's all you can ask for and be like, great. I mean, for me, it's been like Julie Ashton, who like cast me in several projects. She's been like a big supporter for me like yeah. when I got started and continues to do so. Like, it's just... Um, you know, Allison Jones, who put me in my last pilot that got picked up, yeah. who's cast like Golden Girls, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Office, Bridesmaids. Yeah. Like she is an amazing, amazing casting director who I've always admired. And to just have her, you know, like my work is just like, I, I am so grateful, you know, yeah. because it really does make or break your career. I feel like if um, you're just not making connections and the person you really want to impress is the casting director. Mm-hmm. That's really, pers- you know, because and the director, obviously, they're in the room. But I've had roles that I've gone in for that were supposed to be one-day guest stars, like Thunderman's was a two-line one-day. Really? I, I didn't and, know that. Oh, yeah. Like, the audition process, my manager and agent and they were like, hey, they want you to come in for this two-line thing. And I had just done the, th- uh, the internship. Yeah. And they're like, I think we're going to pass. Let's pass, Harvey. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Let's, because I'm not above, like, I... I came from nothing. I collected cans. You guys. are <laughs> just like me in that fact. Every time my agent's just like, "Yeah, we're just not gonna. We're gonna. Pass. Yeah, they offer this. We're gonna pass." And I'm like, "Don't. Pa- am I free? Yeah. Am I free that day? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll do it. I like to it work. So I like to fun. work. Yeah. And I also get where you're trying to build. You know, a yeah. stone in your star meter and whatnot. And that's there's a way to do that. Obviously, totally. Uh, but this was years ago where, like, you know, I had just an internship and they were like, you know, we, we're happy with where we're at right now. You know, and it's a two line let's say offer only. And I was like, well, hold on, hold on. Let me ask questions about it. And it's like, who's the character? And it's like, oh, he's a cousin blob. And I think he's part of the family. It's a new show. It was like a filming the first season hadn't aired yet. Yeah. And I was like, first season. And I was like, hadn't aired. And he's a cousin. He's family. He's like, yeah. Well, family never goes away. Yeah. Family can come back. Never goes away. And it's like, oh my God, you're right. Well, it's up to you. If you want to go in for a two line, I was like, I want to go in for this two line. Yeah. And I went in for the two line. Got it. It was supposed to be one episode. I got to set and they let me improvise. Three weeks later, they wrote an episode just about me. That's so awesome. Because <laughs> you were on Thunderman for a while, too. We did. Yeah. We have four years, so five seasons. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. man. Yeah. So that w- started on day one as a, a one-day, two-line yeah. guest star. Now, what would you say if you had to go back and say... I remember reading an interview a long time ago about um, you booking huge. Mm-hmm. So you were like you felt like you were like at your breaking point before that happened in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was, I was living in LA and I was lucky enough that I worked for this great, uh, company. It's Kaiser educational theater. Uh huh. Um, and I will plug them because they're great. Oh, I um, did educational. Theater. You did. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to project educational. There you theater go. Metairie, Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> so this, it's a great program. I think, yeah. uh, because uh, you're educating kids through theater and totally. it's a full production. Like our companies had, um, I think it was five shows and we had like a high school elementary and, um, 
uh, nutrition show, which is uh, is great. It's a musical. It's a straight play. That I call the high school the gossip girl play because it's about kids. And we have screens where like texting comes up. It's like full tech, like full yeah, high it's a core. full production. Yeah. So I was working there, but I was starting to feel like this, like uh, I need to move on to the next yeah. thing. And I remember auditioning for Huge, and I just knew it was my part, but everything was going wrong. Like, I remember I had a, a meeting with my theater company that day, and mm-hmm. it was the one time of the month that you can't ask for the day off. Like, you can't ask, you can request it off. It's, a, it's like an eight-hour full day of just meetings. And I remember that my final audition was that day for me, to meet Winnie Holzman, the writer, yeah. and Savannah Dooley, and Kim Rosenfeld, the producer. Um, and showrunner and I was just like I can't miss this I can't miss this and I was just like if I get fired I won't have stability with this job even though it's a great job it is a great job it yeah. has like you know a medical dental for one like everything it has everything yeah, attached yeah. to it and I was like this is a great job it starts you off like at $21 an hour something ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a really really and really how good. old were you when this was happening I mean this was when I got back from living in Japan yeah so I lived in Japan for 13 months doing didn't, a show didn't know that well, no, we jumped around my time <laughs> no it's just fun um, and I got back uh, so right out of school I went to Japan so it yeah. was like school Japan then Kaiser and I was there and I just I've been there for two years and I was like I need this I want I auditioned for it already the callback was that day and I was like I have to go and something about it was like I have to go like I, I it was towards the end of the day and the audition was like around 5 30 p.m. and we're down the street in Burbank and it was like five, and I was like, I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, but we need to, we're gonna get together after, we're supposed to go until five. And we're like, we're gonna get together as a group afterward and like chat about the day and what happens. Like, I have to go. And I remember just feeling like, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm gonna regret it. Yeah. And I told my boss in, uh, at the time, and she was just like, well, you know, we're staying, Harvey. So, and I was like, I have to go. And she looked at me like, oh, you're serious we'll talk about this, you know? And I feel like either I'm going to book this or I'm going to get fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? Like one or the other. So I left, I did it and I came back and I was like, this is mine. This is mine. I feel so good. I feel so good. And then they're like, you're on hold for it. And I was like, I know. Oh, and I was like, please tell worst. me. Yeah, no, holds the worst. <laughs> and then I didn't get fired from the other job, but I was reprimanded for it. And yeah. I was like, I felt like it was, yeah, it was bad. For you, you were put on notice. Yeah, I was put on notice like, for sure. And I remember you're not like, fired, but you could be at any yeah, second. Now. And they yeah. made me feel that or she yeah. made me feel that. And, uh, not very nice about it, you know, and I felt really like hurt and I was like, Oh, and I was like, I better book this role. I better book this role. And I was on hold for three months because they went on a national search for the role because they wanted to grab attention to the show, which yeah. is smart for um, ABC Family. Now it's called Freeform, but it was yeah, called yeah, ABC yeah. Family. And, I was just and like, then Fox is, Family before then. Yeah, it's changed, it's changed so many lot. times. Um, but so I remember like, I'm like, please, why am I on hold? Why am I on hold? I knew the role was mine. I knew that role yeah. was mine. And three months went by and I was doing a show and I'm, any day now could happen. You know, it could happen. I remember I told uh, my cast members I could, I could hear any day now. Any day now I could hear. And I was like, I'm so excited. I was doing the show and my phone was on silent and like I got off the stage and I turned my phone on. As I turned it on, it started vibrating and it was ringing. And I was like, oh, it's, my man- it's my manager. And I got really ecstatic. I was like, oh, it's my manager. And I got really excited. And I was like, oh my God, what is, what's happening? And my friend Joanna, who's a cast member um, at the time of the show, grabbed her phone and she raised it up and I was like hello and they're like Harvey and I was like yeah you got it and she she took a picture (laughs) and she took a picture right when I got the news and I'm crying and she tagged it uh, door opened Oh, that is so wonderful I know and it was like it was my first series regular and I was literally crying on the phone 
And it was just like, I, and as soon as I got off the phone, I was like, are you sure? I, I was like down here. I was like, are you sure? I just want to make sure because I'm going to quit. No, <laughs> it was yeah. Like, yeah. I'm about to quit I'm my job, quit so my you job. better be. Are you sure? They're like, yeah, they, they send the paperwork. The contract is done. It guaranteed 10 episodes. Oh, yeah, this and that. So um, wonderful. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, great, 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 great. And I was like, I dialed. And actually at the time, it wasn't guaranteed 10 episodes because the, the character was supposed to be recurring. It was in a series regular. Yeah. They made him guaranteed 10 episodes. After oh, the audition, another another time that it was meant to be, you know. Yeah. So then I called and I uh, I quit that afternoon and I was like, I give you my two weeks notice because I'm starting a production and they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, we always knew you'd go on to bigger and better, so congratulations. Like, they oh, were, that's so yeah. nice that they were so nice about that. Yeah. And so that was my first series regular, but yeah, that was my like my point. I had waiting was the worst in three months. Yeah. I hate waiting uh, for a week when I aren't hold on something, you know. I one time had a similar situation. I don't know if the show ever came to be, but it was through it was a Disney show, but it was through their European company. So I think it was going to air in in Spain. I don't mm. know. We were supposed to film in Spain, and it was a similar thing where I was on hold for three full months to be a series regular, to be like the uncle, the f- you know, the, the fun uncle of these, like, you know, the main character children. And I'm, at the time, I think I was only like 23 or 24. So I was kind of like, I'm way yeah. too young to play this part, yeah. but I have a beard, so they don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I was on hold for three months and then they ended up casting a 60 year old man to play the role <laughs> after that. And I was just like, oh, I guess it was too good. It was too good to be true. That's why hold is the worst. Yeah. It's not a, it doesn't mean you got the job. Yeah. It just means it's like a weird thing where they're like, oh, you could have been the younger version of it. The yeah. Younger option because you never know. Like no. I always think about that for shadows. I went in and the yeah. role was 20 years older than me. And oh, I, was, I didn't yeah. know that. But I was like, I, I, even I doubted myself. I was like, I don't think this is the right role for me. Like, you never like, know what never know. what they're thinking and what they see in you. I feel like it's such a, like, like entertainment is such a weird business where the whole goal is for them to make money. They're, it's a very business-like in that way where it gets very non-emotional. But every now and then people will see like this little spark in you and they'll just be like, I don't know. There's something, something about, about that, that guy. Yeah. I'm going to get him. My friend, uh, my good friend, Abby Hawk, she's been on Blue Bloods for nine seasons eight seasons now or something like that and when she went in for it yeah yeah and when she went in for the role it was blank it was male or female (laughs) didn't know what like might have eyes yeah (laughs) may have eyes teeth a plus and and, and some and they went in and they ended up like naming the character after because they're like it's a pretty good name there you go like it's it's so there you go. You, you don't know in this industry. You don't know. It's really you have to, like you said, go in for everything and not turn things down. You know. Yeah. It's unless, about unless it doesn't work out with schedule you know, or something. Yeah. Like it, it's you have to be so prepared at all times, even though it may never happen. It's like constantly sitting on the bench, just waiting for like, just put me in coach. Yeah. I'll totally run out and do this. Exactly. And it's like you never know. Like I mean, even thinking about um, being here this week, like I was up for uh, a role on Raven's Home. And yeah, they were yeah. like, we love probably to go straight to do chemistry with Raven. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Great. And they're like, yeah, it shoots this week. It was last week that it shot. And I was like, great. Yeah. And I was like, my friend um, Jason, who always goes out for roles, we always go out for each mm-hmm. other. He's a little bit older than I am. So we say we're twins, but I always call him my older twin. Oh. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I've been auditioning for this. I went last week for it. So he auditioned the first round. He went to the second round. And I was like, oh, w- what is it? And he's like, it's for Raven's Home. And I was like, I'm going in next week for a chemistry read. And he's like, you are? I'm going to the chemistry read. And I was like, see, it's always like the same group of friends yeah. who like, you know, and if it's not you, then it's me that I'm happy, you know? I'm glad you're like that because me and my wife both have, there's two actors in New York. 
one for each of us that we see at every single casting. There you go. And like and Laura refers to her as her nemesis. She oh, like no. walks into a thing and she'll see that girl there and be like, yeah. oh, of course, well, of course of you're course here. Of course you're here. But you have that, you know, because we do have those, you know, as well. Oh, totally. That pool. Yeah. Uh, with my friend, it's like, I ended up like, I can't come to the, I passed on it. Like I yeah. literally passed on it. I said, I can't come in cause I'm going to New York and I had this like whole week set up because they had originally told me it was only one week last week yeah. and they said, Oh no, we're, it's recurring. And it was like Disney's like way of like, we're doing chemistry cause it's going to become a bigger thing. Yeah. And then I was like, Ooh, I don't even know I could do that because with my contract with FX, I'm only allowed yeah, a certain yeah. amount of like, you know, re- recurring or guest stars. Totally. And that would mean that I would for the whole year, I'd give them to that. Um, series you know yeah and so i was like mm, i'm going to new york the universe is like telling me like you know i shouldn't do it so i passed on it and then mm. uh, my friend jason goes and does the chemistry and books it that's and then awesome. i'm like see that's, that's perfect nice. that is yeah. perfect because everything happens for a reason yeah. and uh and he was joking because it was supposed to be millennial and like a younger role and like he's like there's no way i'm booking this because he's older and, like, yeah. and he texts like guess who's playing 19 <laughs> and i was <just laughs> like yes i was like if someone's gonna get it i want you to get it you know oh that's so awesome you, but you really do have to root for if you're look at the friends you have i've yeah. always been told like show me who your friends are and i'll tell you who you are because yeah, if your point. friends around you and they're succeeding and they're thriving then they're elevating you and you're yeah. elevating them it's not a competition i don't see com- i'm only in competition with myself and i sometimes people say that a lot and it's cliche but it really is true well because, it takes a long time to realize that yeah because this industry tells you that you're in competition with everyone and kill yeah. everyone and you're like kill your enemies and i was like i don't think so it's like but then you realize there isn't anyone else that can do what no, i do because there's no I, one I'm like so me. specific yeah, yeah there's exactly. no one like me and if i'm the right person the right it, even if i'm not the right person i've uh, convinced minds that i am yeah. So technically, it, there's not a competition. There is no competition with anyone. It's only myself. And at the end of the day, if you give your best work forward, you can walk away from it and say, I didn't get it, but I still did my best you know, work yeah. and I can be proud of myself. It's when you feel bad when you walk away and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done that line that way because you weren't prepared or whatever the reason. Then yes, then you should work on yourself and be totally. like, I should work on that. But other than that, walk away and be like, it wasn't meant to be, you know, yeah. and it's fine. And, that, and that's the thing. I, I I walk away from auditions and castings for like modeling all the time. And my wife will be like, so how did it go? I'm like, it went great. I'm not booking it. Yeah. But like, and but th- it went great. No fault of mine. It went great. It went great. I'm so not right yeah. for this part, but cool. Yeah. It was fun. Like, yeah. And you have to look that way because I know. this business, you know, people are so like, uh, and you can lose your mind with oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's another reason why I started writing and producing more is because for so long you wait around and twiddle your fingers waiting for like, am I right for something? You know, when I first started in the business, I was literally going in for, you know, fat dude, number one, you know, and best friend must be fat. And like, yeah, I wanted to talk about that actually. Yeah. Like, so how, like typecasting is a bitch. It always happens. I know for me, I always go in for the same, like three roles and it's frustrating. Do you still now, that you have been so successful? Are you still getting typecast into that stuff? I still get asked to to come in for certain roles and that's when I make a call because I'm like, do I want to come in? Or if you, the writing's changed. Like the breakdowns I feel like are not as harsh as they were before. Before it used to be like, Fat dude. Oh, it used and to be rough. Fatty, fatty, four by four, can get through the, you know, like they were like hard. Like I was like, wow, really? Just say like heavy set, you know, or say yeah. plus size. They were so, but now because of the time we're living in and yeah. things have changed, and I'm glad they have, like the wording's different. Could be uh, on the heavier side. Could be, you know, it doesn't specifically say like must be the, like yeah. it's open. And then I've gone in where um, it's ambiguous. You know, like it's just like, I, it could be anything. Uh, I've gone for roles that, uh, 
with you know just sexuality with anything that could be ambiguous because it's neutral yeah. and that's the best when you can go for stuff because you can make the character anything yeah he could be very macho he could be very you know not like it's like that's the best because it's open and that's the way it should be it should be left to uh, for interpretation unless you're looking for a specific like must have russian accent and must look like you know stereotype <laughs> russian spy like, no totally you know what i mean and so i feel like it's changed but when i first got it started it was like you know i got started with like the fat dude the this and that and uh, but i made it my own like i feel like yeah. i got those parts and then i gave it more and people were like whoa you're actually making something out of this small meal that we you know what i mean yeah give my, you a my measly tv career is just me being a bouncer or a prison guard <laughs> and like that's just something time you after know? time after time because it was the same thing as like for me it's like being so big not just being big but being tall mm -hmm. it was like right away they're just like yeah you're the bouncer at the door and i'm just like guys i'm i'm Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll but, take it. I'll do my lines. But the good thing is yeah. that, you know, what you're doing is like changing the mindset of what's seen as just like, just a tall, like you're, you're a handsome, tall, like sex symbol, you know? Oh, thank you. And then you have to see yourself that way because that's so great. The work that you're doing, changing people's perspective. Or like when, I remember when that campaign happened, when people were like, did Target just, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like good, like fucking, t you know, fucking like great timing <laughs> because it's about fucking time. You know what I mean? I know, I know. And it's, it's, and it's changed. I'm amazed how quickly that well that it was accepted with as much vigor as it was because I remember yeah. working on that and I was just like this is uh, this could be weird yeah because like, we, they were the first ones to really do it and it was I was I was and very nerve-wracking and now there's like it. Yeah. now there's my agencies assign more people there are other agencies popping up signing people I've seen casting the weirdest casting I ever saw was on the breakdowns they were looking for a commercial for this one company who I won't name and it literally said looking for Zach Miko type <laughs> I've had that to too. which I then had my manager call him like, I'm so free. <laughs> I don't I don't need a type. I've I had could, that too. I, I could someone, totally do it. My friend works in casting and um, emailed me this breakdown. They went through the office and was like, this is my proudest moment is going through something that says, uh, think Harvey Gee and typed. And I was like, wait, and then it was my thing. I was like, wait, why are they just asking? And it's like, know, but it was like a, a non-union gig. And so they were oh, like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a non-union film. And they were like, someone, this funny, da, 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 think Harvey Guillen from blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Aww. that's so cool. But isn't it cool? that it, like It's it's they, it's very surreal. You're in a breakdown for yeah. like someone looking at you, but ironically, you and can't I write do a, the project. <laughs> right away, I'm just like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, yeah, that was I my mentality. Do it. That was my mentality. I was like, yeah. well, I'll do it. And they're like, no, Harvey, it's non-union. I was like, oh, right. Because you can't, once you're part of SAG, you can't do non-union. No, like exactly. Uh, but it was funny to, to look at that and be like, that's so cool. And I felt a little bit like, oh, my gosh, there's going to like there's a kid out there who's going to be like, oh, I'm going in for this role. I have to be like Harvey Guillen. And then hopefully they're saying not bad, you know, <laughs> and yeah, they're like yeah. going in for it. Do you ever feel um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it? Like it's I, I still feel very weird about whatever amount of success I have like the, for me to see like the breakdown, like with my name in it and like have so some weird. random people talk to me as if I am like this other tier celebrity person. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, guys, I just, I take the subway with everybody else. I'm yeah. not doing anything like, well, I was just, um, I was telling Dylan that, that, um, who's here in New York with me, that we are just so lucky to be in New York. Cause people can walk down the street and be celebrities and people leave them alone. You know? Yeah. Like no one really stops. Like I were walking in times square and a couple of girls walk by and they literally stopped in the tracks and they, did one of these and they looked over and they're like I'm whispering and pointing and looking and I was like and a lot of people do that and I almost rather have people come and just talk to you yeah I'll totally talk to talk you talk to Agreed. me because um, something weird about being 
like 20 inches away from someone and they're looking straight at your face and talking about you and yeah. you know they're looking at their friend and pointing at you and it, it's not a comfortable feeling you know if you, i i yeah. i, I want to i hope and think that you're talking about something positive and saying like that's the guy from this and i really like no, it. yeah you hope it so come, but it comes across as like that's that dick from you know i know or whatever <laughs> and that makes me uncomfortable but in new york i feel like that doesn't really happen because everyone just lets you be like you walk around uh, i i think it's just it's the overall speed of new york mm-hmm. there's People no just time don't have time they don't to have do time. anything they really don't. i remember when my mother-in-law and i were on a train this was like one of her first trips to New York since I since I started dating her daughter <laughs> and um, we're on a train and then Julia Stiles just walks on and she just like freaks but like does this quiet like eyes wide staring at me and staring back at her trying to make sure like that I see her oh and I'm just like yeah no it's stop yeah we, we see her you see her everything's fine yeah, she's just like, trying yeah. to get home she should have gone to like step it up moves <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh my! The worst thing. I tried to be so cool once. Um, me and Laura were on Spring. No, Mulberry. So like, like not in Little Italy, but just north of it. And uh, we're hanging out, and all of a sudden, um, oh my God! What's her name? From what project? From every project. Uh, Meryl Streep. <laughs> no, she's one of those. Red hair. Um, this is stupid. Julia something, not Julia Roberts. Julianne Moore? Julianne Moore. Yay! You You gave me the redhead and I narrowed down to a I know, and that's what I did. So we're sitting there, and all of a sudden Julianne Moore walks by, and Laura starts like freaking out, and I acted so cool. And I'm like, (laughs) babe, relax. We're in New York. This happens all the time. She's just going about her day. And as I'm like mansplaining, like like (laughs) talking (laughs) down to her, I'm like, you got to be cooler than this. All of a sudden, I break off mid-sentence because I see another guy walking towards us, and I'm just like, "You really got to be cool." <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> like, Did you say it? You yeah. scream the word. And he turned around and he goes, "Yes." And I go, I go ah, "Can I shake your hand?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Thank you." He goes, "Yeah, thank you." Bye. <laughs> that, was, that was it. And she was just <laughs> you like, were in the middle of explaining I know, how to be cool. And she's just like. She's just like, oh, they're just they're just real people going about their day. Celebrities, like, they're just like us. I know. <laughs> but there's still that status, like, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way. You get to work with some incredible people that, yeah. like, I know would, would freak me out meeting, but then you're working with them. You're a peer. You have, yeah. like... I think once you work with, like, the first day working with people that you admire... Uh, and respect in the industry like the first day is like oh my god i'm gonna yeah. work with you know and then after the first day you realize yeah they're just normal people totally you know? uh and the weird part was having someone um say that story to me about me like i was like really yeah someone kind of was like hey so good meeting you i'm so I'm, I'm a big fan like i was like what and like it, it, like you were saying like how it weird is it, it for someone to tell you they're your fan it is yeah, so strange weird. still i'm always interested to know um what makes them a fan like it's yeah. like i'm like oh cool what do you what do you like you know like what are you interested in and yeah, it's what like do you connect to? because everyone uh connects to something different and yeah. then uh so i always t- can figure out what the demographic is like yeah. some people are like i love doing magicians i love to you know this is what i i love for magicians or some people will be like old school but like I'm my. I think your best work was in Huge, and you know yeah. what I mean. And it's like, cause, and again, going back to what we were saying about playing typecast, um, it's such different roles that I got to play in the last uh, couple of years because I've chosen to make characters different than the other. You know, like I've got totally. to play like over the top. You know, uh, I got to be a superhero on Thundermans, a yeah. plus size superhero, and uh, be over the top and almost like a farce. You know, and then I got to be grounded and be very 
um, you know, endearing and mysterious with huge, you know, yeah. with the different layer. And then um, got to do Magicians, which was a total like precise and, pre you know, perfect and but was dealing with the, you know, internal demons. And yeah. like if you I don't want to give a spoiler, alert, but like if you watch the last season, you see what happens to Benedict. Yeah. And um, and that's a different layer. You know what I mean? And getting to play comedy drama you know and like different kinds of comedy and i just want and like with uh sh what we do in the shadows which we're starting to film in toronto in october they uh it's grounded comedy and it's like a, a documentary yeah so it's just humans being themselves which comes across and whatever they do is just natural humor which is different than doing a three camera you know sitcom totally like yeah. it's like over the top and like hey guys you know i know which is also fun i love three camera because it feels like i'm doing i love lucy you know like i feel like <laughs> wiki exactly. that's what it feels like. so i actually like doing three camera people are like it's a dying thing no one's doing three cameras like i love it's still three. fun yeah it feels like i'm doing a stage production a theater production well, in a way you are you because you have live audience exactly and you, you hear if the, if the joke lands you'll hear it and we like you know and i always yeah. think of like uh, the comeback with lisa kudrow where she does that i don't need to see that you know it's like a line that she does yeah. and she rehearsed the night before for hours all night and it's one line and the, and the audience just loves it and she's like yeah it worked you know it's like <laughs> so you just like know that your lines land because nothing's worse than being on stage and doing a joke and it doesn't land oh kind of like a comic you know when yeah. i do stand up I started doing stand-up in the last couple of years and like you do stand-up and I look at some of the comics going up and if a joke doesn't land, you're like, that's the worst feeling. And I've been up on stage where like one joke will land one night and you're like, people are howling. Yeah. And the next night they're like, ha ah. ha. It's like half joke, you Dude, know? It's Stand-up is the scariest thing to it me. It is scary. It, it's like, though, I feel like what scares me about doing stand-up is in like any other role or any other modeling or anything I do. I'm kind of like playing a part or something. I feel like with your stand character? up, I'm like, your this character. is me. And when they don't <laughs> laugh at you, you're like, oh, they don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hide behind your character. Exactly. Well, it's not my fault. It's the writing. Like, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Where this, I'm like, oh, you don't you, like who I am. Like, oh, you don't like my hero. Yeah. It is it's terrifying. tough. It's really tough. But uh, yeah. Did you ever have any, um, if it, anyone, because we were talking about like, you know, working with these big mm -hmm. celebrities. Was there anyone who like you felt really starstruck about working with? Ah, uh, starstruck. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, just the caliber that they're at. Like, I think when I did the internship with like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Totally. Yeah. Um, just getting to like. I may have no. It wasn't the internship. Damn. I so little known story. I was uh uh Vince Vaughn's fit model for a long time. Really. <laughs> Never met him. He doesn't know it. My job was literally just to try on all of his costumes really? before productions. Because for a while, when I was a little thinner, we were the same, um, the exact same size, yeah. apparently. Yeah, the height. Yeah, yeah. Height. yeah. No, um, yeah, doing that production was my big, like, that's, you know, international film. Oh, and, like, totally. It was like, a huge thing. And uh, I had just... And uh, that was a big, that was a big, like, production. Like, that, yeah, who, who I, made that one? Uh, that was 20th Century Fox. Yeah, and exactly. So that's I think a the huge budget production. For the budget for the film to be made was, like, 50 million. Jeez. I yeah. know. So that was, like, catering top notch. Like, you know, like, totally. a lobster. And, not, uh, and the weird part is that right before that, I was shooting a film that to this day has not come out. Uh, and it's called Aztec Warrior, and it was with Luis Guzman. I, I saw that on your IMDb, yeah. and I was like, I don't know yeah, what that is. Yeah, and Lionsgate is. has it, and we've seen the whole movie, and it looks great. And we're like, oh, it's fine. But like they've, you know, sometimes just keep it, and they're like, oh, we'll do it later. And then yeah. it literally becomes like a project that gets put on the shelf, and they're like, yeah. we'll do it later, or they'll do it like next month. You never yeah. know. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they were working on special effects and stuff on it, but I was shooting that in New Orleans um, when I had already auditioned in L.A. for... Uh, Sean for the internship and yeah, yeah. I knew the role was in mine so I went and shot this movie and it was over the summer 
in New Orleans, and I got a call. They said, Sean loved you so much, he wrote, they wrote a part for you in the internship. That's so And I was like, awesome. what? And I was like, it's only, it's only two lines. Um, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, You're it's like, fine. great. Yeah. I was like, okay, great. And so I'll probably shoot, like, fly in, shoot it, and fly out. So cool, I can still shoot the movie in New Orleans. And I was coming to the tail end of my shoot anyways. And they're like, no, 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 he wants you there for three months. <laughs> and I was so like, so went from two lines oh, to what? Yeah, and it's, it's because you have two lines. You have the last two lines in the movie, basically, and like, but you're in every scene, basically, with the teams. Like, yeah. So you need to be there visually. And I was like, oh wow, cool. So I'll wrap this movie and blah blah. blah. They start in four days. What? But I'm still filming this movie, and they're yeah. like, yeah. And it's like it only overlapped like by one day. It was just like one day. So they call production and they're like, can we just get all of Harvey's scenes before? Is it possible? It was a great opportunity and yeah. yada yada. And the producer was like, Harvey, it's like, it's like, no, just stay here and do the film with us. Like, you'll finish with us. And like, Vince Vaughn owned Wilson. They're like, whatever. And I was like, it's Vince Vaughn owned Wilson. Yeah. I know, yeah. I should probably do the film. And they it's were like, like the new rat pack. Yeah. It's like these guys are churning out movies yeah. like crazy. You get into that little yeah, group. Yeah, into that group yeah. and you're good. And I was like, I think I want to do it. And they're like, okay, great. We'll make it work and yada yada. So they made it work. I, I remember I wrapped like at five in the morning the day of. That also was a travel. I had been living in a hotel for like two and a half months in New Orleans. Yeah. And I went back home and I hadn't packed. So I just packed everything. My car was going to be picking me up like at 6.30 in the morning to get like an 8 a.m. flight. I packed everything. I haven't slept. I've been shooting all night. I literally packed my stuff, go to the airport, get to, New, uh, to from New Orleans to Atlanta, Georgia, where we're filming, mm-hmm. land, and I'm like, okay, ready to go. I'm excited. And we went straight to a fitting. And then, yeah, Lisa Evans was an amazing costume designer. Um, the the fitting was like three hours. Yeah. And I was just like in the fitting, and it was like top-notch fitting. It was like just rows and rows of clothes. Like I usually do a production where like, we found this potato sack that we thought you could exactly. fit into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually it's like for a production, they give you like the bit. I get so many calls from like wardrobe people who like, hey, Harvey, um, for the production company and blah, blah, And um, so where do you shop for clothes? And I was just like, you know Same what I mean? Here. And they're like, because I can't find it. How can you not find clothes? I was like, if you really look for it, you'll find stuff. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but where, where, can, where, can you, where do you shop? And I have to go down a list and I have to tell them what sizes on it because each brand is different. Oh, yeah. And these are my like, sizes at these at, brands. At these brands. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I wear. This is brand. And people they're like, don't okay, realize great. how hard it's been to it's shop so as hard. a big guy. It's like, so it's hard. It's the craziest it's shit. So hard. And people are like, even <laughs> now that I've been modeling clothing for a yeah. couple of years now, people are like, where do you shop? And I was like, um, Hopefully the places I model. <laughs> yeah, and I said like what I do honestly yeah. is I I, I just keep, I look at the tag as I'm shooting stuff. I'm like, oh that fit. That fit. When does this come out? Yeah, September. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna buy it. So then. your job is really kind of showing you what the lineup will exactly, be. Exactly, because other than wardrobe. that, I have no idea. Yeah, like, it's so and there's like three stores. And like, people, t- yeah, exactly. People yeah. tell me that they're like, well, I'm like, there's like three major brands that you can shop at, and that's like, yeah. and some of them are like big and tall, and they're just business attire, and you're like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh, which ultimately is my goal is to open a men's line to like have yeah. you know, stylish clothes because people was like, who's, who's your stylist, Harvey? Who like dresses you? I was like, no one. <laughs> I was like, I dress myself. And they're yeah. like, you, for your events and stuff. No, for events. Like who sh- for a photo shoot or whatever. Who styles you? I was like, I do. I go out and shop for my own stuff. Yeah. I go out and look at colors. Like we were just shopping in New York for a photo shoot I had here. And I was just like, uh, I think that would look great because we're going to do like a neon look. And we got these like ideas in our heads about it and I was like this will look great it'll like flash well and blah blah so I do my own work only because yeah. I like doing it not everyone's gonna like no, doing it you totally. know what I mean not everyone feels like they want to go shop for their clothes for a photo shoot but I do because I was like it's gonna be me in the, in front of the camera yeah. you know and it's gonna be me that's gonna be photographed and I want to look my best and but people are like tell me where to shop and like I literally was sending messages like to people in middle America I was like I shop here this and that and I was like I should really you know consider opening a store that I mean we have Torrid for girls yeah. You know, we have, which is like stylish, you know, plus size wear. 
and we don't have that really for guys. There's like, not a no. There, not there, stylish there clothes. There's a couple brands who now are looking into extending mm-hmm. their sizing, which would be great. Yeah. But it's like we don't have any. Th- there's very few no that go like to. truly caters. The, yeah. There's no go to if you're like, oh, I just need someone to look something to look cute because I'm gonna go out this weekend. I'm just gonna go to the mall and go to. Yeah. Excellent. No, exactly. Yeah. We try. We we think about other things. Like there are. St- there's the classic big and tall stores mm-hmm. that you can go to as guys, but even then, it's hard to find it's stuff hard. that you're just like. It's I go to those. A stores. lot of it's super utilitarian. It's very much like this is clothes you could put on your body. Yeah, and, and it has a logo on it or yeah. a print. It's like Jack Daniels shirt or whatever, you know? God, I know. And it's like, which is I love a screen tee, but it's also like that's the only option. And also, when I go to those big and tall stores, I'm not tall. I'm yeah. just big, <laughs> you know. And it's oh, yeah, like yeah, I'm just yeah. big. So I get into those clothes, and it's like, oh, this is my regular size in an other shop. There, it's just like a kimono on me, you know. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not tall. I'm not. I don't have the length to fill up the shirt, you know. So I'm literally like floating it down to my knees, the shirt, and I'm like, I'm a short guy, and it's like I'm I'm an actor in Hollywood, where <laughs> like the average yeah. size is like five six, and you're, you know, like the oh, height, yeah. and you're just yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's the height. And in the regular world, I'm short, you know, and just like, no, totally. like, you're pretty short. And it's like, and your modeling is like, you just make yourself look longer. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you really just and like when you see some of the people in Hollywood that make the covers of magazines and like, they look amazing. They look so statuesque and stuff, but you meet them in person. You're like, you're four nine, you know? Well, yeah. It's like, yeah. No, it's exactly. like crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's so, <laughs> that's always my thing in Hollywood is when I realize how much bigger I am than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> Exactly. Just like height wise, I'm just like, oh, do you know what I mean? There were so many times I didn't get a role because they were like, you're too tall. Yeah, than we the lead. liked you. You are a foot taller yeah. than the lead. Yeah, and it's just gonna be weird. It's like, can you guys put an apple box like on the I lead know. and make them stand? Like exactly. they do it all the time I know. <laughs> with other actors that I won't. With um, <laughs> John Wayne, they used to dig trenches for him on set. So you know, the actress and the other actors would be up here, and John Wayne, because he was like six five. Yeah, he would walk around in like this this foot deep trench and <laughs> just everywhere he was supposed to walk on set they'd make it so he was down I on their level yeah that's funny oh it is <laughs> <laughs> but i actually like that you know for like you were saying for you being tall like it works i mean it's a, it's who yeah. you are it's your body and like and it, that's the thing it's, it's you probably don't, booked you so much like print because well, it, you it, and it's end up doing that yeah. yeah you don't know it's hard you work towards your goals and you work towards your future, but you have no idea what's going to be the thing. Like yeah. for me personally, you know, I was trying so hard to be an actor. I, I was on TV. Everything was fine, but it was nothing huge, no recurring, no nothing. Just like little co-stars, maybe one awesome guest star that I get to feel good about, but you know, nothing huge. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this modeling thing happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of like success is just, Yes, knowing your goal, knowing where you want to be, but also just be willing to kind of go with the flow. And, That's great. And, like, and, and yeah. see what – you don't know what your future is going to be. Be open. That's be what open. I would say. Yeah, exactly. but you, you're right. Going with the flow is a huge thing that I had to learn that. Because, you know, you have, like you said, a plan. Like I remember leaving yeah. school and I was like, I wasn't going to do TV and film. I wanted to be a stage performer. I wanted to be on Broadway. And I was like, I'm a real thespian. I'm a real actor. I'm not going to be a cliche. I'm not going to yeah. do TV and film. And because I was forcing myself to think that – doing TV and film was not as passionate and powerful as doing stage. Yeah. And it's just as powerful. It's just, but I was telling myself that. And as soon as I let go of that and the universe was like, I've been waiting, you know, and the universe was like, I'm yeah. letting you like, you can do Broadway. We're just going to take a different Avenue. Yeah. 
We're just taking oh, it to no, different road. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like the thing is, like you're still gonna do TV and film. I, th- I think you're so. just taking it's a different just, avenue. Yeah, you just don't know how you're gonna because get there. It's gonna be get me that model, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like get me that model who's an actual actor, you know? I, ha- I had someone reach out to me where they were like, "Hey, I just started, you know, doing some plus size modeling. I want to know, like, has this helped your acting career?" To which I have to tell them, I'm like, uh, the short answer is like, it's no. It has an ultimate matter of fact. I've acted way less since I started modeling. But because you've been busy modeling? But because I'm busy. Yeah. It's because I'm busy. And, you know, they call you. And exactly. They yeah. want you on hold for three months. And they yeah. don't want to be the second option. Yeah. And they don't want And they won't work around your schedule. Yeah. So it's like. And I was like. I'm like. This, the, the short answer is no. It hasn't helped. But the long answer is. I truly believe it'll help it immensely over time. It's exactly. It's just taking so. a different avenue it's to get to places. It's seeds and these are stepping stones. And yeah. the fact that you're multi-talented, you know what I mean? That you can oh, do like you. different things and yeah. like to own that because this, it, it's hard. It's hard sitting in your living room if you're just waiting to hear if you're good enough for one thing. I know. As opposed to being proactive and having you your have. own podcast, having, yeah. you know what I mean? Having a modeling this, I mean, this podcast was born out of, I, I, I was tired of sitting and waiting exactly. for people to have and me so, do something. I'm like, at least I have this. Exactly. It's, a, it's just this little show that I like doing, yeah. but I produce it myself. Everything's fine. And I, it's fun. Yeah. And I get to do it. And I get to talk to amazing people like you by doing that. So there you go. Like, it's like, you're literally like a jack of all trades, you know what I mean? Cause you're like yeah. multitasking. That's why I like to see my career. Like I'm not just doing acting. Like I'm also writing. I'm also yeah. producing. And you know, and the model, like it's all like doing things because when the time allows it, it's so perfect to have something yeah. fill up the time totally. because I do have friends who are like, Oh, I don't do, um, I just do acting and that's what I do. And it's like, cool, that's great. And but yeah, the, I'm glad the, for you. The, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. But the, the windows of just time are killing them. And they're like, you know, I went to the gym today and it's like, Oh great. That's staying healthy. Like, you know, cool, yeah. keep healthy. And then they're like, but I'm bored out of my mind. And it's like, yeah. I think I'm going to start writing. Do it. Start writing. Like, write. You got to like, do something, something because it's so random. Because yeah. there are. There are huge chunks of yeah. time where, yeah, I might be crazy busy going from one. Like, this month has been nuts. I've yeah. had something literally every day. But I think in May, I worked two days. <laughs> and, like, if go. I didn't have projects like this that I was working on on my own, I would have lost my go mind crazy. trying yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. You have to keep busy. Because like, you do. You just sit there and you're just like. Uh, it's kind of like I'm doing well, like I'm making more money than I ever made bartending or anything like that. Things are going well, but when you don't go to work every single day, you start to panic a little bit. Right. And you're just like, especially also when you don't have like a salary. Right. Because like, exactly. you get it. W- I get have to mouth. work to make money. Yeah. I haven't worked in a while. Yeah. Will the money I have last Starting, yeah, before exactly. I run out and have more? Yeah. I'm going to open a credit card just for safety. Yeah. Like, and people don't know that because people are like, oh, you're on television film. It's like, no, you really have to like manage your money. You know, and sometimes you're, you'll be waiting six, eight months for a check sometimes. That's crazy. Like, and, yeah. but, you know, I don't know very, what the rules are with like when. I, so it used to, it depends where. So if I'm paid through new, through a company that works in New York City, New York City has a freelance rule where mm-hmm. they have to pay me within 30 days, yeah. which is great. So does SAG. But that's new. SAG has that too, yeah. yeah. And that doesn't happen any with like a lot of others. Like the U.S., I'm saying, U.S.-based companies, I never really wait more than three months except for one company that is always like six, seven months later. Mm. But when I work for like European companies, there's a, there's one job that I filmed, I mean, that I shot I don't know, almost a year ago that I'm still checking up on. I'm like, are they ever going to pay? Wow. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And I'm just like, oh, okay. okay. Like, 
I, I, a shot for them. I'd like my I, money, please. I get antsy if 30 days are up and I'm like, yeah. um, it's day 29. I've still not seen, you know? No, I know. And then like the next day it's like there. But like, because yeah, you your livelihood is, you know, you, yeah. know, you love what you do, but you also want to make a living, you know? When I, when I started booking a lot, like my manager was very serious with me. He goes, he goes, this next couple months are going to be really hard because you're not going to have any money because you're working, you're doing stuff but you're not going to get your first round of checks for like three months. So, so get ready for this that. is going to suck. Yeah. And it does. It was so hard. I was, cause I was, you know, the story about target had gone viral and I was like all over, you know, social media and I was doing all these press interviews and I was getting bookings and everything was great. But I like couldn't afford a sandwich. It was Isn't like, that weird. It was sucks. There's been times that I've been on set and like literally I've been on my last like dime and like that project's going to pay for the next. Like, yeah couple months of rent or something and I'm literally on set and like I, I just booked it and I just realized that my bank statement had nothing yeah. for my savings you know what I mean I, I saw an interview um I said inside the actor studio with Hillary Swank and she was talking about how the day after she won the Oscar for Boys Don't Cry she went to her like local pharmacy to pick up a prescription and she yes. was just like Oh, hey. And he's like, oh, I saw last night you have an Oscar. Congratulations. And then as she's there, she found out that she didn't make enough money on that film for her SAG insurance to kick in. Yeah. So she couldn't afford her medicine yeah. the yeah. day after winning an Oscar. I remember reading that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. She did it because she did that um, for Boys Don't Cry, right? Yeah, yeah. And also the idea that she, how she auditioned for that. Did you hear about that? Like no. she auditioned originally, I think in LA, and she had just gotten off. I think it was nine two one zero. Yeah. And like they were like, mm, we're good. Like they for some reason they didn't want anyone in that world to yeah. audition, and they didn't want to see her apparently in in, uh, in LA. And like I think it could be wrong, but I, this is the story I heard. And then she flew herself to New York because they were having sessions in New York, and went in with a different name and like different uh. like completing character. And she came in and said uh, she's an actress who was going through that transition herself. And they were like, she's great. Who is this girl? And they had an alien. And like, but after that, she already done the audition. They loved her. And they were like, it's Hillary Swank. Like, it was like, they're like she uh, had to trick them into like seeing what she saw in the character. Yeah. And it worked. That's awesome. And I love stories like that because yeah. I was like, see, I like. You have to take ownership of your own destiny. Yeah. Now, that's a perfect actually place to wrap up because you've done that since you were six years old. Yeah. You've been <laughs> fully controlling your trajectory. And not, you know, you, you've been working so hard so focused to make sure that you've become what you've become and that you're going to become something even bigger and huger and more amazing than you already are. Oh, um, what would be a piece of advice you can give to people that feel like it's too hard. I think you're the perfect person to tell them that because you had a real hard time. <laughs> you know, it wasn't easy it's for you. Easy. I don't, you're the first person who told me they were paying rent at nine years old. So <laughs> There you go. So um, like yeah. anyone who feels like they're being held back and it's just too difficult. Is there anything you can tell them? Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, ask yourself if you love what you're doing because it's tough and it's yeah. hard. And if you can see yourself doing anything else just because it's easier or you think you'd be happy doing that, then do that. But yeah. if you can't see yourself, because I remember when I was little, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I just couldn't. Yeah. And people would ask, I remember being in high school and someone saying, my um, counselor saying, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do acting. I want to act. And they're like, right, but what do you want to do? Like, what's your plan? Like, how do you, how do you want to make a living? <sighs> That's and means? the worst. And yeah. I looked at her and, I, and she said, do you have a plan B? And I was like, there's no plan B. Because I remember saying, I have nothing. So yeah. I have nothing to lose. Mm. 
And I literally remember like saying that to her and she looked at me and she just said, okay. And she didn't bug me about it anymore. Yeah. And to this day, I still talk to that counselor because we're friends on Facebook. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad that you told me that because you were, you were committed. You said you were going to do it and you did it and look at you now. And I'm so proud of you. And like, but if you don't want to do this, if you really don't see yourself yeah. doing this for the long run, my advice is do something else. But if you see yourself doing this, really do see yourself doing this, it's going to be hard. It's going to yeah. be tough sometimes. But remember that it's not a race and it's not, it's not a race and it's not about this, this world and this business is full of pretty people yeah. and beautiful people. And it's not about even beauty and it's not even about talent. It's about tenacity, hmm. tenacity. Yeah. And if you just have that, you're going to make it. And that's it. I love that. Harvey, thank you so much for talking with us. Everybody, please go check out Harvey Guillen on all of the social medias. Uh, follow him on the Twitters and the Instagrams yeah, and all that. Just fun add Harvey Guillen everywhere. At Harvey <laughs> Guillen. All, I love it when people just use their name, <laughs> as I do too. Um, this was awesome. You're so great. And wow. I'm glad. This is thank our you first, for having me. Thank you. Guys, this is our first time officially meeting. We've been friends online for so long. And we actually <laughs> get know. to like meet now. So What a great way to meet. Thank exactly. you. Thank you so much. We're going to talk to you soon. And I can't wait to play the Spot the Harvey game on all of the TVs. <laughs> What a gem. I love Harvey. Uh, what an amazing time talking to him. Isn't he so inspiring, guys? I love him. Please follow Harvey on all of the social medias. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. On Facebook at facebook.com slash bigthingspod at our own website, bigthingspod.com. Email us at Zach at bigthingspod.com and Josh at bigthingspod.com. Have a great pride, y'all. Um, I know this comes out after the weekend, but we still got more June. So go out and celebrate. Live your life as authentically as you can. Be your authentic self. And remember, until next week, go out into the world and do big things.